You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the show tonight, our resident restaurant reviewer, Rachel Keeley, will be in the studio shortly with details of her latest dining spot. We'll be getting you in the romantic mood in time for Valentine's Day with Dan Milan from the Mustard Seed at Echo Lodge in County Limerick. Dominique Kemp will be sharing juicing advice and Connor Heafy has details about the board BIA UCD Michael Smurfit Graduate Business School 2016 International Marketing Fellowship Programme. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. Now, my first guest this evening makes a welcome return to the studio for the first time in 2016. And who is it? It's none other than resident restaurant reviewer Rachel Keeley. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Rachel, you're very welcome back to the studio. It seems like ages since you were here. It does, Sharon. It's really good to be back. I'm sure you had a lovely Christmas and were dining out lots. Were you away or did you stay local? I stayed local for much of Christmas um, and yes, dined out an awful lot and uh, the scales are paying the price for it ever since. I'm trying to have good January, but I think it's probably going to have to be good February at this point. Okay, yes. Well, Feb- January is over now. It's so all gone horribly wrong. <laughs> we're into February, but tell us now where, you, where you've been that you're going to talk to us about tonight. Sure, I wanted to actually talk about something closer to home. It's DeVincenzo in uh, the George Boutique in Limerick. Now, this is somewhere that I'm familiar with and hopefully some of the listeners will remember that DaVincenzo was actually here in the studio last year and brought me out an Italian feast. Oh, well. And I have since visited. So I have, have had a very positive experience there and I'm hoping you did too. I did, I did, yes. What's not to like about Italian food and cocktails? Yeah, and there, there are quite a few Italian restaurants around, but sometimes they don't do it terribly well. But this is one place that I think definitely hits the spot. I think it does. And I think a lot of it comes from Vincenzo himself. He's so passionate about food and hospitality and always has been. Um, and also, I think, in the choice of ingredients, you get the impression that is this isn't slapdash, um, cheap food just thrown together. There's real passion gone into the choice of each individual ingredient and then the cooking, obviously, of the dishes and the presentation. Um, so, no, it's, it's definitely cut above the others. And he is Italian, which helps. It helps an awful lot. Mm. Well, do tell us now, uh, what time of the week did you go? Did you go at the weekend or midweek? Um, we went on a Friday night, actually, uh, which is probably a good time to go because it, the place is so big, um, it can easily take good crowds. It's got a lot of sort of tall tables and uh, bigger tables where people can go as groups of six, eight or even ten. And there were a lot of working groups there at that point, uh, just out of the office and in for some cocktails and Italian food. So it was, it was a good. nice, buzzy atmosphere. Exactly, exactly. Everyone sort of felt like they were on their holidays in the start of the weekend. So it was a very nice atmosphere. Talk to me then about the menu. It is a fairly extensive Italian menu. It is, yes. Uh, what I liked about it is there's something for everybody, um, no matter what your sort of Italian food you prefer, whether it's pizzas or pasta or main courses, um, there was something that everybody could decide that was going to hit the hit the, fit the bill for them anyway. And was it you and your husband that went? It was myself and my husband, yes. We actually met up with some friends afterwards who joined us. And they came in for cocktails, but initially we, we had a bite to eat ourselves. And what did you order? 
Um, I wasn't hugely hungry, so um, initially I started off with um, a shared portion of Gamberi Friti. I'm sure Vincenzo could tell me how to pronounce that an awful lot better than that. Um, so really fabulous tri- tiger prawns cooked with a, a delicate hand, which I like. I hate, there's nothing worse than overcooked uh, shellfish. Um, and it was served with a salad and then a tangy aioli, which um, really just was perfect. You had to... Uh, Dress them, undress them yourself, should I say? Which is shell, (laughs) unshell, undress them, yeah. So they they came in their shells. They came in their shells, yeah, exactly. Um, And uh, very, very tasty, very, very delicately cooked, as I say. And uh, perfect, actually, with the bottle of wine. Um, It all sort of married together very well. What vino did you go for? It was a Friday night, so I'd say you were both enjoying the wine. We were, and I suppose the benefits of of, uh, a central location means we we weren't too far from home. Um, They have a very interesting interesting method of of I suppose selling their wine or retailing the wine that's there and uh, they have a really, really big stock list over 200 types of wine which is a very very big uh, choice for customers to choose from and um, but they arrange it in a sort of easy to read uh, way so they have economy wine from seven euro premium wine from nine euro these are per glass and then a business class from 14 or first class from 18 so even though it's a huge selection they break it down into very easily understandable sections and um, so we went from middle of the road um, a premium class and we chose a carafe of Massi, Massianco, Venisi, Pinot Grigio. Lovely. It was very nice. And a 24 euro, not bad. You can't go wrong with a nice bottle of Pinot Grigio, I think. Especially not after a long Friday, yes. Yeah, with with some shellfish. It was fab. So it went perfectly with that. It did, especially, yes. And what Mm -hmm. did you move on to for your main course? Um, I had a pizza. Uh, Having spotted them all come down to other diners, I said I have to try one of those. Um, What I really liked about them is that the staff, who were incredibly friendly and very, very... um, agreeable to sort of any sort of request that I might have had they were happy to add on anything I wanted onto a pizza and I am a self-confessed spice fiend so it was chilies and chili flakes and everything that I wanted on it and I added all those things to a stone-baked diavolo Uh, so all these tiny red barbs of heat just really perfected the uh, the dish of tomato sauce and then it was spice suppressata salami so again it's back to the ingredients conversation that's just not ordinary salami that's that's beautifully prepared and specially sourced salami and the whole pizza went together absolutely beautifully it was very very satisfying and he does a low calorie pizza option there where he does something very unique with the base of it but it sounds like you just want the full haul Friday night Sharon (laughs) (laughs) as I say now we'll have to have good February (laughs) you're dead right and what about Anthony what did he go for Um, he went for something a bit more traditional Uh, he tried the lasagna Um, so often you'll find the measure of a restaurant you'll find out if it's it's particularly good or particularly bad by just choosing the more straightforward recipes to see how they prepare something that that is so timeless and so classic Um, in this case it was uh, the usual layered pasta creamy sauce but with the very well seasoned beef ragu it was cooked for 24 hours apparently and you could really taste that depth of flavour at various turns you could taste a little garlic or maybe a suggestion of oregano and it was it was was a lovely um, rich deep tasting meal very very Fresh. fresh yeah fresh um, and uh, had that sort of uh, experienced hand you could tell involved. that's definitely the sort of place to order a dish like that yes absolutely I think if you order it out of a European restaurant you're running the risk of getting something that's maybe processed frozen 
Yeah, and you, you, nobody just wants mince with dry pasta on top, which is essentially what you can often get in, in other restaurants. This was the furthest thing from it, and it was a, it was a nice, um, refreshing surprise, actually, to remember what real lasagna tastes like. Did you have a tea and stop it yourself? Of course I did. In exchange for a slice of your pizza? Well, he had half the pizza with all the, the spicy bits picked <laughs> off, <but> <laughs> <laughs> as usual. But there was so much food, to be fair, the, um, the portions are generous, you know, um, so there was plenty for both of us. Okay. Did you have room for dessert then? We didn't in this case. We went for uh, liquid dessert. We okay. had some cocktails. <laughs> At that point, our friends joined us. So um, we we actually always prefer our cocktail of preference would be a mojito. But again, much like lasagna, when it's made bad, it's made quite badly. Um, so we were interested to see how it would be prepared here. And it was a, it was a really great surprise. It was fresh mint, uh, strong flavours, not too much sugar. Um, everything went together beautifully. Yeah, I I have an awful weakness for mojitos. They yeah, going far too easily. Far too easily. And I think they kind of carry you away from a wet limerick evening to some sort of uh, evening in Havana. I think there's some some effect that they seem to have that that makes everybody a lot happier and cheerier drinking them. And did you finish with those, or did you go for coffee? Um, we finished with those. Uh, we finished probably with a couple more of those, to be honest with you, Sharon. So we were settled in for the evening at that point. Um, but no, not coffees this time. I do believe that good coffee, though. I must pop back at lunchtime someday and try that. And tell me how you fared whenever it came to the bill. The bill, I thought, was very gender, it was very good, given that we had plenty of food, uh, we're no, in no way lacking, um, and we certainly didn't want any more. We spent €57 Euro on a starter, two mains, two cocktails, and a craft of wine. So it's quite a lot um, for under €60. Euro. Yeah, for, for two people, absolutely, mm. yeah, great value. And you probably noticed then that he actually sells a lot. It's nearly like a mini deli that he has there, where you can buy a lot of, of the Italian produce. Yes, I actually noticed that, and um, I think, see they also do wine tasting events, and they do cooking masterclasses, uh, and then as you say, this full delicatessen, so there's an awful lot going on, um, so this time I just sort of dipped a toe into the evening meals, but I'll have to go back and, and explore, um, it's great that he's making such a good use out of such a big space in Limerick, and it's great to have somewhere in the city centre where we can go and get high quality, specially sourced Italian produce. And you can buy the wines as well to take home. Yes, yeah, and after with 200 different choices, um, yeah, there's plenty to work your way through. You're going, to find, <laughs> you're going through. to find at least one or two or one or ten <laughs> that exactly. you like. Yeah, but he does, he does this um, theatre, this Italian food theatre night, which, you know, it's a great way to meet other people as well, where you sit around in a U-shape on the high stools and, oh, the high tables, and they bring you different, different foods and they pair wines to it. And he talks through everything, which is very interesting. And yeah. it's a good way to maybe taste some different things off the menu. Something you might or mightn't ordinarily exactly, go for. Yeah, and, yeah it exactly. makes sense. And, and certainly with wines as well, I think it's nice to be able to have different glasses of wines and especially paired food because it really can make the difference. Oh, it can make the difference Sometimes, hugely, yeah. yeah. Bringing out the different flavours, just either the food brings the flavour out of the wine or the wine brings the, the flavour out of the food. Mm, I think especially with Italian restaurants as well because obviously we're so used to going to the to normal favourites of Pinot Grigio, Multipulciano, those kind of uh, grapes. It's, it'd be nice if somebody taught us a little bit extra about the other ones that are there, of which there are many, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that sounds like a very sociable evening. It'd be a good it thing is, to do yeah. with sort of a big group or from, from college or from work or with the girls. 
And it's unusual to have that type of a restaurant inside a hotel. Like it it's is in very the unusual. Hotel on O'Connell Street. Mm-hmm. And to offer so many things under the same roof. Do you know, it's 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 sort of uh, somewhere where you can easily just go for cocktails or you can go um, for a couple of drinks and maybe have a light bite to eat or you can go for proper meals. So um, it's nice. It's a, it's a nice variety of offerings within one space. So it sounds like you would recommend it. I would. In fact, I am definitely overdue a return visit. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in and giving us details about that that's Da Vincenzo's in the George Hotel on O'Connell Street in Limerick City and you're going to come back next month and tell us where you're going to be talking about then whenever you you next return I'll be going further south Sharon I'll be going to Cork and visiting Brick Lane down there okay that sounds interesting we will look forward to that until then thanks a million Rachel thanks so much for having me Sharon cheers chin chin salut schleinte Great to have Rachel back in the studio and we have her slots to look forward to in 2016. So you might know of a restaurant or two that you think Rachel should visit and you can send the details to me so I can pass them on to her. Just drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie. And still to come tonight, we'll be looking at juicing with Irish Times food writer Dominic Kemp and Conor Heafy from the UCD Michael Smurfit Graduate Business School will be talking about the Board BIA 2016 International Marketing Fellowship Programme. Next, though, it's time to get romantic in time for Valentine's Day. And I thought, where better to go than out to West Limerick, to Ballingarry, to the fabulous mustard seed at Echo Lodge. And Dan Milan was the host with the most. And you can have a listen now to what we had a little bit of a chat about. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Dan, there couldn't be anything more romantic than sitting beside an, an open fire there with your good self. I'm, oh, sure, listen, I'm not sure if I had the Valentinos, <laughs> but, you know, Valentine's is always uh, the time of year where spring is approaching. And I think it's the big red heart and the red roses and uh, Christmas is long forgotten and a bit of romance has come back in. I suppose uh, when you wake and you hear the birds singing, you think... You know, it's time for romance. And we're very lucky in Ireland that we have so many fabulous places throughout the country where you can go on romantic breakaways. Absolutely. I mean, everybody thinks um, uh, Valentine's is, is, is the only time of year that you can be romantic, but you can be romantic midweek. <laughs> you know, it's it really depends on your frame of mind. Uh, I mean, two people together, uh, sharing time together, Stealing away from the hectic world that we all live in is 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 Valentine's every day, if you ask me. If you decide, it's a frame of mind. So it's it's not about the bunch of roses today, because it's Valentine's. It's 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 the rose you pick in the garden. It's it's the primrose that you'll pick. It's it's it. You can make your Valentine's every every day. As a member of Ireland's Blue Book, there's lots of romantic places that are members of it. Tell us a bit about. The, the Blue Book? Well, the Blue Book, I suppose, is one of Ireland's finest um, pr- uh, collection of quirky, small, not all small, let me say now, when I think of the Marine in Dublin, um, but well-run establishments uh, that have um, stood the test of time, NAMA, and uh, the ups and downs of our economy. And um, there are a lot of heritage houses. Um, you've got some fine uh, Michelin star restaurants. 
uh, you've got some rural retreats and you've got now some city um, city slick places that you can have time out in the city. So it's a lovely collection and no two houses are the same. Uh, as I say, the brown bread is different in every house uh, and uh, you can experience uh, something a little special. Why did you decide to become a member of it? Well, I suppose I was influenced quite a lot by by the great founders of the Blue Book, um, Jane O'Callan in Longville House, who is the epitome of hospitality in Ireland, uh, and has ran, ran and, and and her family continue to run a wonderful house, um, Longville House in Mallow, um, the likes of the Allens in Ballymaloo, who are also at top of their game, uh, and um, it was people like that who asked me to join about 28 years ago so um 28 years a member of the blue book it's a long time and you so you obviously feel it's worthwhile being a member you get benefits from it oh yeah you know it, it's like a a club uh, but it, it's not a cliquey club because we're all very different um some have beautiful grandiose houses i'm a smaller house in a rural, more rural location than some of the houses uh, and there's a place for all of us and we all uh, gel together but we're very fortunate that we have a very good team in the office there are three people in the office in fact two of them I'm very glad to say come from uh, County Limerick uh, who had the office and, and that's that's it, it's, it's always um, good to have a good backup in an office who are helping you uh, market etc. The website lists all the different establishments that are members. Yeah. And at this time of the year, they probably have a few suggestions if people are looking for ideas for romantic getaways and maybe some special offers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's the time of year, uh, springtime, February, where a lot of the houses are reopening. Um, They would have closed for a a period just maybe after Christmas uh, or in the new year to just refurbish, refresh, uh, a a, a lick of paint uh, and and just a a huge spring clean, which we all do. We've been closed for three weeks and we've had huge work going on in the house uh, to, to keep it to standard. And even at that, it's hard to get it done in three weeks. But yeah, um, lots of houses are... Valentine's weekend this year is is quite a long weekend from the point of view because of Valentine's being on a Sunday. Um, a Sunday evening is, 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 is Valentine's night as such, but it spreads out into Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And of course, all the people who work in hospitality want to have Valentine's as well. So uh, speaking to friends of mine, they're going to do Valentine's midweek, which is... Uh, perfect so you can you can treat you can have your valentine's night whatever night you decide to have valentine's like night some people might think it's not a great night to go out because you are so swamped and you wouldn't get the same level of service and attention as you might well, do on another it's, night you know uh, restaurants are under incredible pressure um you get these frantic telephone calls um uh, from guys who had forgot to book a table and you know you try to facilitate them it's not to pack more people into the dining room i mean this year fortunately i've got a table of 10 booked and i mean i think there should be deals done for tables of four uh, for people to share valentine's because uh, you know valentine's can be the best night in the world for some guests 
But for other guests, it may not be because maybe their things aren't going that well and it's it's a patch up job and it's not working. So it sounds uh, like you could tell us a story or two. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, you know, only that you keep the head down and you try to make it as nice as everybody. But personally, I, I feel that, you know, you should you can spread it out over two weeks if you want, uh, it, you know, and I reckon that even midweek you'll get a nicer night out being very honest with you. I would imagine in your time you've come across a few proposals. Yeah, yeah, but I mean it's 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 a bit it's a bit frightening or sometimes when a guy rings you and he says, you know, I'm thinking of getting engaged and I'm very nervous. And he passes on the nervousness to you. And I mean, um then they want to put the ring in 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 the in their starter or something like that and you're you're terrified that the ring is going to be swallowed and you're going to be in court so you know people have these crazy ideas about about getting engaged or whatever uh, and um I, I think you know if you're getting engaged i certainly wouldn't advise to be doing it on valentine's night in the middle of a busy restaurant because uh i think you should pick a quieter moment I, you know, I, I would recommend maybe that morning uh, and if you have a free day, go for a long walk in a wood or, you know, we have lots of lovely national parks now around Ireland um, that are just gorgeous to go walking. You can go walking Ballyhara, Loch Gur, um, Currit Chase, you name it around um, County Limerick. Uh, and go for a long walk and, and you know, just, just even bring a flask of coffee and just say, why don't we have a chat or something and sit down on a, on a bench and just have a, a private, quiet moment uh, as opposed to putting, you know, making the dinner a, 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 a sort of hyped up mm. romanticism. Yeah, because I'd imagine the, the person that's going to propose doesn't really get to enjoy their meal then if they are consumed Abs- with, with nerves. Absolutely. So it's probably and nice to do the proposal during the day and then come and enjoy absolutely. dinner tonight and at I mean, night to celebrate like, it. Like, I, you know, I've had a, a, a couple of instances having a restaurant 31 years, of course. You, you know, it, it's, it's a lovely experience to feel that they've picked your house or your dining room table to propose and, you know, we will help whatever. But, you know, we've had a couple of instances where um, the, the partner has said no. You, you can imagine really? how they feel about your house then because it's all the bad memories. <laughs> yeah. so they'll never come they're back. They're never coming back. <laughs> they're yeah. never coming back. Uh, I'll, you know, uh, so it's a little embarrassing all around. But so I would, I would say keep that moment slightly more private for yourself. Uh, and, um, y- you know, I'd do it early in the morning and get the best out of the day and then you can spend all day phoning your friends or, or whatever and you really will have an enjoyable dinner then but but get it out of the way don't don't prolong it till nine o'clock at night i did hear a story one time about a guy who put the ring in his sock and they were out for the nice walk and then he got down to tie his shoelace <laughs> and the next thing he pulled the ring out oh, and he was down in one day i thought that was yeah, very good yeah, yeah. 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 it was well, not my husband that I, did that. I had a head chef uh, <laughs> Who, who was a true romantic and, and uh, he went on the walk on the beach but he'd already gone for a walk early that morning uh, and he had written I love you or whatever Aww, everything. and then you. they went walking and, and suddenly the tide hadn't come in fortunately <laughs> and there it was 
and uh, I mean that was that was Beautiful. a great yeah yeah it, lovely yeah it was good it very was good. nice yeah it is a leap year this year yeah yeah and you know it's it's uh, I certainly think that uh, it takes two to tangle so uh, I think I, either partner should have take advantage of it and and it be I mean and you you do, you don't have to celebrate for. For, for is it every three or four years we've a leap year? Every four years. Every four years. So you can imagine, you don't have to celebrate your engagement. You, know, <laughs> you can do it every four years. So you know, if if you want to cut down on the expense in your life, I would I would certainly uh, propose. It. Yeah, I always thought it was a case of they proposed on the twenty ninth if the if the female wanted to to pop the question, yeah. but a lot of them would do it on Valentine's Day as well. They have kind of two bites of oh the cherry. Oh my God! Well, that's yeah. that that's getting two for the price of one, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you might have a few of those to, to look forward <laughs> Absolutely. to. Absolutely. If somebody was to come in, I, I would imagine you would make it very special. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it's a great celebration. It's 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 a great honour to be to, that they've chosen your restaurant or your house to come and stay, and, and they they have got engaged. So it's 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 a very nice experience. Okay, yeah. so the mustard seed on Valentine's Day. I would imagine you're very busy. If people want to book, they should do it sooner rather than yeah, later. Yeah, well, well, uh, it's a very busy weekend, as you can imagine. We only have a few tables left. But you know, as I say, spread it out over uh, over two weeks period, and and uh, you know it it doesn't have to be on the night because you may be busy on the night anyway. Okay. And for instance, you know you, you uh, our early evening class, our early evening dinner, you can have on a Wednesday night, um, much cheaper than on Valentine's night. So while it's nice to market on Valentine's. It doesn't have to be Valentine's. Of course. Yeah. And I'm sure your other colleagues in the other Blue Book places would be the same. Absolutely. So people should yeah. go onto the website and uh, have a look and uh, book. And book, yeah. And I mean, nowadays, uh, I mean, it, 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 the added bonus, of course, with the Blue Book is that you can stay over in most houses. So, um, you know, when you think of taxis, when you think of the countryside, when you think of the greater experience, you know, check in early. I'm sure in most houses you'd be offered complimentary tea and cookies or whatever. Um, you know, the fires will be on, the house will be nicely decorated, there'll be a nice atmosphere, uh, and snuggle in and, and, you know, put up your feet and just relax and take the opportunity to have a bit of chill time and, and uh, not just a, a frenzy of of red hearts everywhere. Sounds perfect. Happy Valentine's, Dan. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. So far in the show tonight, we've heard from Rachel Keeley and her latest dining spot. And just before the break, we were getting all romantic. Well, I was getting all romantic with Dan Milan at the fantastic mustard seed at Echo Lodge in Ballangarry in County Limerick, just in time for Valentine's Day. So be sure to book sooner rather than later. And if you do have a special romantic go-to spot or you've maybe got some romantic proposal suggestions, I would love to hear them. Please send me the details to s.noonan at live.ie. If you missed any of the show so far, it will be up on the podcast later in the week and you'll find it on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or use the podcast app. 
So tonight, still to come, we have Connor Heafy from the UCD Michael Smurfit Graduate Business School, who's going to be talking about the Board BIA 2016 International Marketing Fellowship Programme. But next, though, we're going to look at juicing. And you might remember it last year, Dominique Kemp, who writes for the Irish Times, and she also has a number of cookbooks out. Dominique was on the show talking about juicing, and it's a topic that seems to pop up on a regular basis. So I thought it would be no harm to take a spin back in time and have another airing of it. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Dominique, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. And we're going to talk about juicing. Mm, I know. It's, it's, uh, juicing and January seem to go hand in hand, really, and I think it's all part of everyone's New Year's resolutions to sort of shed all those unwanted Christmas pounds and, and really everyone's looking for a fast and furious way to do it. But, um, you know, ideally we'd all be doing something better over 12-month period that <laughs> we're not going through these sort of binge phases, which we're, we're all guilty of at some time. Well, tell me why you think juicing has become so popular. Well, I think it's, it's, it's like a lot of these things, you know, it's, it's, it has its detractors without a doubt. But um, I think people feel that, you know, and certainly uh, if you do juice, you do feel the benefits of uh, getting what feels like really concentrated surge of, of uh, you know, goodness. Um, now, people might argue that, you know, you're not getting the fiber, and, and, and I do appreciate that. But I think there's a lot of benefits to juicing. Um, would I juice every day my whole life? No, absolutely not. But um, I think juice, you know, has moved on from what we'd imagine, you know, juice made from pasteurized concentrates, you know, that are full of sugar and don't do much for us nutritionally. I think when people think of juicing now, they think of predominantly juicing vegetables, you know, and I think that's the strength of it. I think if you're juicing loads of fruits, it's probably not doing a huge um, amount of good um, in the same way juicing predominantly vegetables will. So you mentioned there about fibre, about not getting the fibre. Explain what you mean by that. Well, if you have, say, um, if you ate an, an apple, um, nutritionists will say the fibre from that and, and everything will slow down sort of the sugar. And it, it's, you're getting a lot more of the benefits of eating a whole apple than if you just pressed um, an apple and just drank apple juice. Um, yes, obviously, there's goodness in that apple juice, but there is quite a lot of sugar in um, in something like just a you know straight up apple juice. Now, if you're juicing things like beetroot and carrot and and not using too much apple, um, but maybe you're eating an apple instead, <laughs> all of these things um, are going to contribute to a sort of better approach to to juicing because it, it's pointless us all thinking, oh, well, we just juice pineapples and oranges and grapes and apples and everything all day that that's an awful lot of sugar so you have to be conscious would you actually eat that much fruit in a day you probably wouldn't so it's just all about balance and moderation to be honest so what would the ideal combination be in in your view well some of the ones that we've come up with um certainly for our, our um juice and whole foods um cafe called alchemy and we've worked with a new york juice consultant and raw um food chef over there um, as well as some nutritionists here in Ireland. And really what we were looking for was to try and um, predominantly juice vegetables, but also to look to introduce some herbs and spices. So, for instance, one of our juices is called Anti-Everything, and um, it has a lot of ginger, carrot, but also turmeric, and it has a little bit of flaxseed oil and black pepper. 
And the reason it has that in it is that the turmeric is one of the most anti-inflammatory um, foods there are, and it's, it's fantastic, and it's been well recognized as being very beneficial to us. And inflammation, is, is you always hear about different wanting to reduce inflammation um, in the body, and uh, it needs, though, the flaxseed oil or some sort of fat um, in order to um, help your body process it, and the black pepper. So we've come up with this juice, and it's, it's really warming it's delicious in winter time and um yeah you, you feel feel great and touch wood i haven't had any colds or flu this year so i'm hopeful uh, um, uh, that it's it's down to uh, lots of wheatgrass shots as well and of, of course some healthy juices well whenever anybody thinks about juicing i think they think the drink is actually quite sweet but that doesn't sound particularly sweet that combination no i think i think people recognize that you know juicing should be again mainly vegetables if you need to if you find it hard to um juice things like spinach and cucumber and celery and maybe a little bit of avocado you know blended into it or something um um, maybe a bit of ginger and lime juice you know people might find that quite hard they find you know juicing things like kale very difficult things like beetroot so sometimes we'd say to people you know start off easy like put some apple in there or something to make it palatable because it is hard when you try to juice um, predominantly kind of green juice vegetable juices um, but introduce it slowly and then wean yourself off the apples and said you know try and eat an apple a day instead and the green ones are the ones to go for yeah we have we have one that we call our mean greens and it is, is kale and spinach and celery and cucumber um, there's ginger and uh, lemon juice in that there is a tiny amount of, of apple in there but it, it gives it a little balance but um, it, it's minimal to be honest um, and really we've a different green one that people start off on which has a little bit more apple in it and once they can tolerate that they can go on to the, the mean greens as it were um, and uh, yeah I mean it's it's fantastic if, especially if you have not been eating your five a day you know you, you have this and you really um, you know you feel well at least I'm, I'm doing something your business then, Alchemy Juices, which is all about juicing, what was the inspiration behind opening that up? Well, I think that, um, you know, in 2013, I had breast cancer and I was certainly a lot more interested in, in what I was eating and drinking during that period um, because I really wanted to try and stay as healthy as I could and, and also wanted to remain infection-free. I didn't want to pick up any of the viruses or anything. I, I really... Um, I was quite militant about it. I was just in such a hurry to get my treatment over with. I didn't want anything to interrupt it. So I was looking at things that would help boost my immune system or just support good health, really. Um, and I really, I've always emphasized this, that I, I never for one second think that any of these things, you know, cured the cancer. But what I do think is they kept me in pretty good shape. And then because of that, I was able to maybe tolerate treatment without interruptions and got through it maybe better than, than I would have if I hadn't been eating well. And I think that's that's the point. Um, and really, it was during this time, I was really became a lot more interested in actually what I could do to help myself feel better. And I definitely found, uh, certainly with the wheatgrass shots, they're not the most pleasant, but they, um, yeah, they definitely, you feel a lot better on them. And um, as I said, uh, you know, I've been in pretty good nick since, and uh, I like to to think it's a combination of things but certainly eating well must help do you find it's something that you implement at home that it's easy to implement with your family yeah i mean 
Look, the, you know, the, the five-year-old is not going to drink a mean green juice, you know. Um, she loves apple juice, but what I would do and what I'd always recommend for parents is to water it right down. You know, it's, it's trying to get them not into the habit of really wanting those very sweet things. Um, you know, and I think it, it's, if you can ban certain things at home, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm all for enjoying life and believe me I'm not not perfect all the time at all by a long shot um but I think it's you know what we try and do is eat very wholesome plain food and and try and cook as much as possible um and that's terribly important um you know the difficulty is and it's it's a convenience issue for us because we're all time short the problem is that if you you know you ping your dinner in the microwave and you have a full um, fully blown dinner after a few minutes in, in the microwave that means they're not cooking at home and it's very hard to control what goes into that dinner you're not in control of the the salt and the sugar and all these things that go into processed food so my you know main concern and through my Irish Times column as well is it's really trying to encourage people to, to try and cook more at home and it doesn't have to be fancy it's you know there it's uh, it can be very very plain but it's just to get us back to the stove you know cooking does take time there are quick dishes but it's one of those things you've got to invest in it I I do believe and is it worth investing in a juicer to have at home yeah I think there are a lot of good juicers um, now available and um, certainly January is probably a great time to um, buy something like this Um, probably for a family you might look at a smoothie um, maker instead it might be something that everyone can enjoy a bit more um, so certainly with the smoothies and then you do get the benefit of um, some fibre as well um, and kids certainly love it um, we've, we've made some lovely um, ones where you know some apple and um, loads of crushed ice and, and again lemon and a little bit of ginger um, and you know maybe a handful of, of strawberries in the summer or something like that and kids love that and you know it gets them certainly interested in the idea of eating more fruit and, and um, vegetables as you as you wean them onto um, different things but I think smoothie makers can um, they can be fun and you could probably get a bit more valuation and the juicing might be something that uh, unfortunately we're all guilty of buying these things and then they get put in the cupboard and <laughs> not brought out so start off smally, small and um, I'd, I'd go for a, a smoothie maker first and, and, and then see how you get on. And I think with the kids then they actually quite like throwing their bits and pieces into the the dish that is going to be mushed up for absolutely, them. Yeah. Absolutely. They're kind of quicker and easier to mm. clean and all that. You know, there's there's a lot of benefits and like even today I made one with beetroot and cucumber and a whole lime, a whole lemon and um, some avocado and it was like cold cu- beetroot soup um, and it was okay, like it was, it was I, I was fine with it, but then I was thinking, actually, if I put an apple in, I bet you kids would, would you know, they mm-hmm. might, they might tolerate it. And um, yeah, I mean, they weren't crazy on it, the beetroot was strong for sure, uh, and the ginger was, was strong in it, but you know, it's a start, and, and that's all you want. Absolutely. Well, you have a website there, it's alchemyjuices.ie, where listeners can go on and find out more about the, the juicing side of, of your empire of many businesses that you have and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us this evening Not at all, thank you so much for having me You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM
Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break you heard me interviewing Dominique Kemp. That was an interview from last year about juicing and as I said I felt it was worthwhile revisiting it giving the juicing discussion that formed part of the interview with Sid Sheehan last week. And earlier in the show Rachel Keeley was here talking about her latest dining spot and I was out and about and met Dan Milan at the Mustard Seed in Ballangarry, County Limerick. If you are just tuning in, you can catch the full show later in the week on the podcast, which is on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or use the podcast app. We're at the final interview of the evening and it's with Connor Heafy from the UCD Michael Smurfit Graduate Business School, who has details about the 2016 Bordbia International Marketing Fellowship Programme. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Connor, it's great to have you on the programme again this year because last year you were on and you told us all about the, the graduate programme that you do there. Just remind us what it's about, please. Yes, Sharon, uh, we're now recruiting for 20 to 25 people to join the Bourbia Marketing Fellowship Programme. And this is run in partnerships, in partnership with ourselves at UCD Smurfett School in Dublin. And we're looking for people with a minimum of two or three years professional experience. It doesn't have to be from a food background. Um, and they would complete a master's MSc in international marketing practice. And the programme combines classroom-based learning along with substantial overseas experience, which is great. Um, and, and each person works with four Irish food and drink companies in one overseas market. And I should add that tuition fees are fully paid for. as uh, It's a scholarship programme. Um, participants are given a bursary of uh, just under €23,000 to, li- to live off for the 12-month programme. Next intake starts in June. Now, you said there that they have to have about two years work experience. And although it doesn't need to be in the the food industry, I'm sure that is is a huge help. Do they have to have any certain qualifications? Like, do they have to have a degree, for example? Yes, um, the vast majority would be graduates with a degree. um, Although if somebody has substantial experience, well, then they wouldn't be excluded necessarily on that that ground. Um, So... Generally speaking, we're looking for people who are uh, ambitious, who have a passion to work in the food industry, who are independent and resourceful, prepared to go overseas for at least a a period of about 10 months um, and to be committed to the food industry. Again, they can come from the talent. We're we're really looking to attract a a pipeline of talent uh, that would be available to to the Irish food industry. So we're not, we're not, we don't recruit exclusively from uh, the food sector um, and people can come from, from any different sector but generally the, the type of um, experiences that that help candidates are uh, include some element of client management or client interface in their experience, that, be that in business development role or uh, sales or marketing or some commercial, generally helps but we, we have recruited people from, from all different uh, sectors and different roles. Number one thing is that people are committed to working in the food industry, otherwise it was um, and ultimately the taxpayer loses the, um, the investment in, in our people uh, as it's a scholarship programme. Well, commitment would be one attribute, obviously, but what about other personality traits or characteristics? What would you be looking for in candidates? 
Yeah, uh, independent and and resourceful and can-do approach um, to uh, getting projects done. Uh, we obviously train people up, so we don't we don't expect people to come in and to be expert in in business development or marketing or sales in in terms of the food industry. We we, we cover that off in a very intensive um, eight-week induction program. Um, so the, the types of things we're looking for, as, as, as I said, are people who are committed, who have a background in some shape or form in uh, whether that be client, dealing with clients, uh, communication skills are obviously really, really important, people management, managing stakeholders, all that kind of stuff. Um, are, you know, there's no one thing that would um, exclude anybody, but generally speaking, we're looking for those kind of traits and people. Are those 20 to 25 people, as you say, there's some academic learning, classroom-based learn, learning there, plus the, the practical side of things where they go out into the market. And I believe that they can generate a substantial amount of sales. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the, the programme has been running since 2009 as a real credit to be a very uh, progressive initiative. And there's two main aims. One is to help food and drink companies small and large, so it ranges from small artisan producers right up to the big uh, players and the likes of Kerry Group, Plan B, uh, new and so on. And we're trying to help them grow their in, um, key international markets. And a recent study has shown that uh, from, the in, uh, from the activities of one group of our fellows, um, they contributed additional sales in the region of 30 million over a three-year period. Right now, it's difficult to measure this, but that's a, that's a good indication. And but there's also the second um, objective of the program, which is to develop a pipeline of talent, which I was discussing a moment ago. And there's very high hopes for at least some of these people coming becoming the next industry leaders. Do many of them actually end up staying with a host company after the the program? Yes, quite quite a number. It's a great opportunity from I suppose two ways for for the company to get a good look at uh, the participant, but also for, uh, for the participant to get a good look at the company. So um, yes, a lot of them. I should start off. The vast majority uh, secure really good jobs in the Irish food food industry. Uh, some of them based abroad, some of them back here and travelling over and back to various markets as, as required. Um, and a, a number of them stay on with the fine companies. They would each work for four uh, Irish food companies, which gives them a very well-rounded um, understanding of the various sectors within the food industry and, and also experience. And it gives them a lot of um, a lot of ammo for come come interview time, uh, and, and it sells very well. Uh, because they're talking about um, genuine challenges that face, face Irish companies and their involvement in, in addressing those channel, uh, challenges and coming up with um, um, solutions and implementing um, business development uh, on the ground locally then for these companies. Give us an example then of a person that, that has actually is maybe on the programme at the moment or has done it in the past. Yeah, well, somebody close, uh, close to your uh, area or w- within your area, Fanula Dor from, from Baliagran, if I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, she uh, is currently a, a participant on the fellowship programme. She's based in New York, so she spent eight weeks doing our induction with us in Dublin at the start. She also spent about a week in each of our client companies here in Ireland getting to know them and so on. And then uh, she went to... 
New York at, uh, at the end of July last, and she'll be there uh, until June, excluding uh, some block release for modules and training at Christmas and again at Easter coming. Um, and Anula is, is doing great work. Uh, she's working on behalf of four, four client companies. In uh, One is a drinks company, alcoholic drinks company. One is uh, meat, one is fish, seafood, and, and then there's a, a gluten-free gluten uh, uh, bread product company, um, which, is, you know, which, is, which is her fourth. So she's doing fantastic work and, and I think getting a lot out of it herself as well in terms of her career development. Um, so generally most people stay on in the food industry after it's said so it's a uh, great prospect um, it's fully paid for which uh, uh, which I guess is unusual these, these days it's a full scholarship program uh, and there's a bursary as I said um, so it's a great opportunity but we are looking for um, people who show potential um, for I'm sure there's not many people would turn up the the opportunity to, to spend some time in New York. So Fanula sounds like a lucky girl. Day to day, what sort would she be doing market research to find potential customers for the food companies that she's working for? Yeah, good question. Um, so generally speaking, uh, the client assignments that we undertake, that they're all focused on business development. So so improving uh, the Irish Irish food export position, uh, which is for being remit. And so the program falls falls underneath that. Um, generally speaking, then um, the nature of the clients, the client assignments, include some element of market research, uh, but that's very much on a, at a practical level. Level, it, it's about getting, it's about Fanula and her fellow uh, participants on the program, um, getting a good understanding of the local market through, uh, for example, going to supermarkets and uh, doing audits of various products uh, in the market and doing an analysis of and a review of the market um, in respect of what their client company is about. And then trying to uh, understand and gain insight from that information to come up with some sort of strategy for the client company so that, that, it, that they can sell into, begin to sell into that, that market or, or, or continue if they're already there to win, win more business and new categories within that market. So that's generally speaking, there's a market research element uh, um, and strategy development. Uh, and then the second phase uh, would generally be implementation of that strategy. So developing the business, thinking about marketing uh, better on behalf of the company uh, and trying to win business. Generally speaking, um, a lot of the business, a lot of the key wins for Irish food companies are in areas, uh, retail, manufacturing and food service, which is food service would be the trade and hotels and pubs and all that kind of uh, uh, prospective business. Um, so, so getting listings in supermarkets is, is, a, is a key uh, area of focus um, and we've had significant success over the years on the fellowship programme on that. New York is a wonderful destination. Where is the furthest field that somebody has been sent? Yeah, well, um, we have, so there are English-speaking locations, so in some cases we need fluency in a particular lang- uh, in a second language. So uh, if any of your listeners have languages, that's, that's great. But if you don't, it's not an absolute requirement because you have plenty of English-speaking locations. Um, so 
the locations would generally include um, New York, Curtis Field would be New York, Moscow, although that might be questionable this year as a, as a location, we're not sure on that, um, Dubai um, in the United Arab Emirates, that serves the, the Middle East and people who go there get fantastic experience in, in, in that area. And I believe uh, there is a lot of demand for Irish products in Dubai. Yes, uh, it, it's, um, it's a very important market because of the size of the various markets locally, Saudi uh, and so on. Um, but it's also um, seen as a gateway to the African markets as well, for, in many ways, for, for the Irish food industry. Uh, so that's a key market. China is, is, is one. We went to India before, uh, not this year. Canada is, is one this year. And then the whole pile of European um, cities, Paris, Dusseldorf, um, Stockholm, Amsterdam, um, sometimes Spain, uh, sometimes Italy. They're generally the location. Poland, uh, we're very interested in Poland. Um, I think I'm hitting them all there. Okay, there's a great spread there anyway. A fantastic opportunity for those 20 to 25 people. Um, As you say, there are two years' work experience. Languages can be useful. And it's the board to be a UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School 2016 International Marketing Fellowship Programme. Where will we direct people, Connor, so that they can find out more details? Yeah, so if you... Uh, if, if any of your Google, uh, just uh, sorry, if any of your listeners Google uh, Borbia Marketing Fellowship, uh, it'll come straight up. Or um, Smurfit School, um, Smurfit School. I'm not looking at it now. So yes, yeah, SmurfitSchool.ie/Borbia. Okay, perfect. Well, listen, all the best with the recruitment drive. I hope it goes well, and we look forward to catching up with you later in the year. Thank you very much for having me on. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. That brings us to the end of tonight's show, which will be on the podcast later in the week. SoundCloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe to it free of charge on iTunes or use the podcast app. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And of course, to all of tonight's guests, Rachel Keeley, Dan Milan, Dominique Kemp and Connor Heafy. Until next week, when Sinead Hennessy will have details of some of the amazing culinary events we have to look forward to in 2016. Bon appétit! Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit